we know the triggers of seizures are lack of medications, lack of sleep, stress, physical and physiological. All of them are happening there. Patients are not able to get their medications, so they're getting withdrawal from seizures. They are under constant stress because of the war, displacement, and, and all of that. They do not have access to food or even drink. Hello, Homo sapiens. Welcome back to Epilepsy Sparks Insights for a bonus episode. This week, we are speaking with an inspiring, incredibly giving epileptologist who is based in the US, but is originally from Palestine, Omar Danoon. I invited Omar to chat with us again. He was with us last year talking about MEGs um, to let us know about what's actually happening on the ground amongst the thousands upon thousands of people in Gaza who have an epilepsy. Because due to the lack of humanitarian access, people are going without their medications as well as without food and clean water. So a massive welcome back to our star, Omar. Tell us about yourself again for anybody who's not familiar, Omar. Oh, hey, Tori. It was great to see you again and talk to you. So I'm uh, Omar Danun. I'm a, a neurologist and epilepsy specialist or epileptologist uh, in, in the United States. And uh, we, I also have uh, social media channels like YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of that about epilepsy. So my passion is to... Uh, Take care of patients with epilepsy, help educate them and their families and everyone about epilepsy. So I'm advocating for people with epilepsy. And uh, I am also Palestinian origin. So I was born and raised in Palestine and I came to United States to get specialty and and, uh, training. And I'm working now as an epileptologist in the United States. It's amazing. And your cultural insights must be incredible. And well, that's why we've actually had our sort of sudden... uh, second episode is because of your insight into what is happening at the moment um, in Palestine between Israel and Palestine um, and the impact on people affected by epilepsy. Could you tell us about that, please, and your insight? And no doubt you've spoken to people over there about this. Yeah, so I can I can tell you about the, the situation of epilepsy in Palestine uh, even before. So I, I visited Palestine. Actually, I was visiting my family in, in, uh, in August of this year, 23. And, and in there, I went there and I, I made a, a free medical day, kind of like a medical mission to help people with epilepsy, see them. I saw in that day like 37 people with epilepsy. And I saw how, how and, and this was in the West Bank, which is like they have more access, everything to, to, to treatment. And I saw that how devastated they are in terms of like the care, the technology, like things that we do in the United States or in UK as a, as a standard of care or daily routine. And they have, it's, it's a rocket science for them. It's, it's very hard. So they have limitations in treatment access. They have limitations in testing. They have no epilepsy surgery whatsoever. So they are like really struggling to begin with. And, and this is talking about the West Bank and in Gaza. So Gaza Strip, like geographically, it's a very dense population, dense area, and there is very high rate of epilepsy there. And um, and people have no access to, to treatment and they are using very old medications for epilepsy, medications that we never see in the United States or, or in the UK or, some, or somebody was like on that for 50 years, like, like phenobarbital or phenytoin. Those medications are very old medications. They have lots of side effects, but those are the only medications they have access to. And uh, and even the supply of these medications was intermittent. They get uh, you know they, they discontinue the medications uh, very frequently because their lack of supply. So there are lots of issues with them to begin with before the war started. So the people were struggling a lot be- before the war started. And then and then now 
you know, I, I'm in, in contact with my colleagues and, and, and the people uh, of Gaza because they, they reach out to me on, on, on social media. It's like, hey, doctor, we need help. We're, we're struggling with this. And, and my colleagues in, the, in, in Gaza who have, uh, they are a neurologist and we just talk to them for our collegial help. And they're they are seeing lots of, of issues with their patients with epilepsy. And, and one of the most important things is that the lack of medications, because now there is a complete blockade on Gaza, no, no water, no, no electricity, no fuel, nothing goes inside. And on humanitarian ground, we see that people have no medicine. And then, and then people with epilepsy, they need medications for survival. Right. Now, it's not a luxury. They need medications for survival. And we know that patients, if they stop their seizure medications suddenly, they can have, uh, you know, breakthrough seizures and status epilepticus, which is deadly. And then the, the, this is what the International League Against Epilepsy, they put a statement on the humanitarian need for those patients so that they, they are at high risk of having seizures and status epilepticus, which is 30% deadly if somebody goes into status epilepticus and the 30% did the death rate that happens with status epilepticus this is with treatment in the hospital with equipment with long-term EEG so let alone somebody is having a seizure on their on their on the road or in the in the in the shelter or or, or in the school or, or whatever they are so it is it is a dire situation and, and, and you know what the sad thing is, is that when patients are reaching to their doctors, the doctors are telling them that we have no more medicine for you. So instead of having those seven pills, instead of taking them one a day, just rationalize, rationalize them and take them one every other day so that you will be weaning yourself off instead of having sudden withdrawal. So this is the best medical advice we can provide to our patients is that do not wean yourself. If you have two weeks supply of medications, take them every other day or, or wean, take them once a day instead of twice a day so that you don't uh, wean yourself. And we know that this is for new medications. For older medications like phenobarbital, this medicine is an anesthetic. This medicine is like, it can put a horse to sleep. And those patients are taking it because this is the only option they have. And this medication is ingrained in the brain and it changes the, at the level of the receptors. So we, when we have patients in the United States that are on phenobarbital, we wean the medicine very slowly over about nine months or a year until we can get it off. And most of the time, it's like you have been on it for a long time, we cannot stop it, just continue it. And, and for, for this medicine to suddenly stop, this is very dangerous situation and a perfect recipe for status epilepticus and worsening in the patient's case. So, so this is, you know, you know, this is a humanitarian crisis that's going on there. And I'm so sorry for the people who are yeah, on in, in the ground that are suffering through this. And also, is it worth noting, it's, for instance, it's not solely even just about the uh, lack of access to anti-seizure medications, but even like there's lack of distribution of food and clean water. And of course, those if you don't have access to those, that can induce seizures as well, right? And of course, the, the, and then the, there's the... The, the noise and the stress causing lack of sleep, which can bring and stress, which can bring seizures on as well. Would you agree with all those things too? That, that, that is right. That is right. Sometimes, you know, patients have like, you know, some patients, they have, they have a, a medicine in the pharmacy, but they cannot physically go to the pharmacy because of the blocking and roads and, and airstrikes and all of that. So, so we know the triggers of seizures are lack of medications, lack of sleep, stress, physical and physiological. 
all of them are happening there. The patients are not able to get their medications, so they're getting withdrawal procedures. They are under constant stress because of the war, displacement, and, and all of that. They do not have access to food or even drinking water. They're drinking the water from the sea, which increasing their sodium and its toxic waste and all of that. Those are all triggers for seizures. And, and even if they have access to that water now, and, and even like communicable diseases are being increased, the WHO and the World Health Organization is raising the alarm for people having more communicable diseases like cholera and other things in, in, the, in, in Gaza because of the contamination of the water. So like in, before, the, before the war, Gazans have very, very high shortage of cleaning, clean water to drink. And now they don't have even water to drink or, 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 or bathe themselves. They don't go even to the bathroom. And on top of that, the stress of like seeing bombardment and airstrikes and this noise is, is very brutal to the, to the patients and they cannot live through it. And then also people died and sometimes even there is like decomposed uh, bodies in, on the streets that uh, no one is able to even take them and, and bury them. So it's, it's beyond Im imagination what, what people are going through on a humanitarian level now. This is 2023. It's just shocking that this can continue. I saw this little boy looking through um, the other day um, on the news, just looking through a load of dead bodies to see if his dad was there. That, and I just thought that is just one example of what people can be going through right now. And it's completely inexcusable. How can people help? Uh, how can, If we have any news stations listening to this, if we have any politicians listening, um, and if we, for any clinicians, of course, and, and patients listening, what can we do to help with, with this horrific, horrific situation? Yeah, so, so that's a very important thing. So you just need to be human to see the suffering of the people of Gaza and the people uh, around the world. So, so uh, what, 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 what we can do first is, is to, is to call, is to stop this, this, uh, war so that people will, will have a, a, a time to breathe and, and to get humanitarian aid to the people who need it. So we need to cease fire to stop this war so that people can have a sustained humanitarian aid. We need a humanitarian corridor of help coming to Gaza. And, uh, and then there are lots of medical organizations like the, the Red Cross and uh, there is Palestinian American Medical Association, PAMA. They are very, I, will, I can provide you with links that you can put them in the podcast. And uh, there is Palestinian uh, Children Relief Fund. All of those organizations are genuine. They, they are they are legitimate organizations. They are uh, registered with the United Nations. They are registered, registered with the United States government. So they are legitimate organizations that they will take the money and the donations and everything directly to the people of Gaza that they need it under, under international uh, supervision. And, uh, and for anyone who has the decision about this war is to call for humanitarian aid, humanitarian, and ceasefire so that people will have the end to this war. And definitely we need more more voices in on the peace, more voices calling for peace, more voices calling for humanitarian existence and, and, and voices that we, we need, you know, we're sick of, of, of fire, we're sick of, of, uh, of war. So now it's time for peace and it's time for people to come together and, and find a, a sustaining solution and to apply all the international laws that we are reading about but never seeing applied on the ground. Thank you so much, Tori, for having me. And, and I would like to have a moment of silence for, for all the people who lost their lives in this, in this war and, uh, and then for peace and prosperity for all the people.
Thank you so much for having me. To learn more about Omar, the crisis, and access links to the organizations mentioned, go straight to my website, link below, where links to all of these are listed. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening.